Every system is perfectly designed to get the results that it gets. This is a quote often attributed to W. Edwards Deming, one of my favorite leadership authorities. And I would say that this statement is true for groups of people, such as families, teams, and organizations, as much as it's true for us as individuals. This is because whether we're talking about a group of people or an individual, we are all operating from a set of beliefs and expectations that we use to make meaning of our experiences, to make decisions, and to take action. When we're not getting the results we want, we tend to spend a lot of energy changing what we're doing. And while these maneuvers may create temporary results, they tend not to be sustainable without a lot of additional effort. And because we tend to lack the energy to sustain this effort, the strategy often falls to the wayside and we feel like we're starting over all over again. So what does it take to create a system that is perfectly designed to get the results that you want. In today's episode, we're going to take a peek behind the curtain to explore how we create our experiences and how to use self-awareness to find the flaws in our own system. Hello, my name is Mary Maduna Gross, and you're listening to Fully Alive, the podcast for conscious entrepreneurs who are hungry to live their purpose, expand their impact, and create with ease. So let's start with how we create our experiences. Now, I want to acknowledge for a lot of people, this statement that we create our experiences can be very triggering, especially if you have been experiencing lots of things not going your way, lots of things not working out for you. Maybe there's, there's illness or accidents or lots of things that, that feel like they're just absolutely outside of your control. And then to hear me say, well, we're creating our experiences, that kind of feels like a slap in the face. So let me acknowledge that, but also please hold, because I think that as we continue this conversation, you'll start to see what I mean about how we create our experiences. So how does this work? We're going to take a look at how we create our experiences right now. So for this conversation, let's say someone has missed an appointment with you. Can you remember the last time someone missed an appointment with you? Okay, now before we get into this as an experience, let's remember we are working here with two neutral facts. You had an appointment and the other person didn't show up. Those are neutral statements. If you looked at each one of those statements individually, probably not a lot of emotional energy around either one of them. Is that true for you? Okay, so now if you have this memory of being stood up or someone missing an appointment with you, you may be able to remember the inner chatter that was narrating this experience for you. It may have been around maybe a history that you have with this person missing appointments, Uh, something to the effect of, oh my gosh, it's Janet and Janet never shows up on time. If you want her to show up on time, you have to tell her to be there an hour earlier that kind of chatter. Or perhaps you don't have a history with this individual in particular, but maybe you believe that you get stood up a lot. And maybe the chatter was something like, well, here we go again. Another time somebody makes a commitment to me and doesn't follow through. Or if you listen to this inner voice, 
you may also find that you're scolding the person. And I think that if you listen even closer, you may notice that this scolding that you give you are giving to this other person for standing you up is very similar to the same scolding that you got when you were late for school or when you failed to meet other obligations. Or maybe you have such a strong value of time that you would never be late and you expect others to share this value. Or maybe it isn't so much about time, but it's about respect. And for you, respecting another person means that you keep your commitments to them. And missing an appointment with you makes you feel disrespected. All right, so those are just a few of the possible narrations, stories that may have been going on in your mind the last time that someone didn't show up for an appointment with you. And even as you listen to this, you may be agreeing with some or all of these potential experiences if you're operating from a similar set of beliefs and expectations around time, making these outcomes seem inevitable to you, almost as obvious as gravity. You see, our minds are meaning-making machines. It can be challenging for us to see that we have made this person being late mean something about us. Now we're more worried about allowing ourselves to be disrespected as much as we are about missing the appointment. I refer to the meaning that we give to our experiences as our story. This is true for us. Our stories are true for us based on the beliefs and expectations that we are operating from. These stories then trigger our emotions. And it's obvious, if it's a painful experience, it triggers painful emotions. If it's a happy or joyful experience, it triggers happy or joyful emotions. And then our emotions trigger our nervous system so that we physically have the resources that we need to address the situation. Most of the time, this means that we are in a state of chronic stress because if these are painful emotions, we are in a state of fight or flight. Now, these emotions also produce or restrict our motivational energy. If the story is positive and aligned with the beliefs I have about my capacity and my worthiness, I'm going to feel inspired to continue to take action. However, if the story is painful, I'm going to go to my behavior programs to see what I do in these situations to minimize the pain. And then we make decisions and take actions based on these behavior programs. So that's the system. From something outside is happening to me all the way to now I'm taking action. We've been through something is happening. I've made meaning out of this. I've, I've created a story around this. That story has triggered my emotions. It has triggered my nervous system. And it has led me to a particular set of behavior programs that I use in these kinds of situations. Now, this process is going to happen by default or it can happen through conscious awareness. When we're operating by default, we're living in survival mode. We see life as happening to us. And when we're ready to consciously create the outcomes that satisfy us beyond our own limited expectations, we will begin by developing self-awareness. Self-awareness is all about observing this process so that you can begin to see your patterns of beliefs and expectations that you're operating from. 
So here's how you begin a self-awareness practice. Part one is all about listening. So step one is to listen to that inner chatter as if you were an objective third party. What are you telling yourself about the situation? Now, I want you to ask yourself, what are you telling yourself about yourself in this situation? What am I making the situation mean about me? What are the values or the rules or the beliefs that I'm operating from here? And how important are these? As you start listening to this inner chatter, you may be surprised at how hard you can be on yourself, how you name call yourself, criticize and judge yourself. You're relentless. And for this reason, I always and repeatedly remind my clients that this is where it is important to bring grace and compassion to themselves for how they regard themselves. This is giving ourselves forgiveness. It's about being compassionate. And this step cannot be overlooked. You can't say, oh, I'm going to continue to be hard on myself, but I'm going to be as, as empathetic and compassionate as I can be for other people. It does not work that way. If you cannot or will not be willing to give yourself forgiveness, grace, and compassion on a daily basis, you will not be able to be empathetic with others because you cannot do for others what you are not willing to do for yourself. So that's part one. It's listening. It's being that objective third party. What is that story that my voice is narrating for me? Listen for those beliefs that justify that story or the expectations that justify that story. Because your unconscious mind has justification for every perspective that it takes. Okay, so the first part is listening. Part two now is about discerning. What are the core beliefs that I want to hold on to? And which of these would I be willing to let go of? So note that when we're listening, we're not attempting to change anything. We're just observing. And that is what I want you to continue to do in step two. Continue to observe. Make note of those patterns of beliefs or values or expectations that your inner voice uses to justify the stories it is creating for you without attempting to change. Why are we not attempting to change these? Well, because the unconscious mind is super powerful, but it also operates very much like a young child. You need to understand that your unconscious mind's primary job is to keep you safe and comfortable. And from the moment that you were born, it has been gathering data from your environment and creating this list of rules, beliefs, expectations about you and how you fit into your world. And it's created these rules that are designed to keep you safe and comfortable. And whenever you're, you put yourself in an experience where you may be stepping outside of your comfort zone, you're going to hear those alarms go off that are going to pull you right back into the safety zone. Now, your unconscious mind takes this role and responsibility very seriously. And so if we go in, we start to hear how we're talking to ourselves and we start scolding that part of ourselves, that part of you is just going to tighten up even more. 
It's going to protect itself even more. And so if we come in and just start to try to change things right away, we're probably changing superficial kinds of issues. We're not even getting to the real deep core. And that's because your unconscious mind also generalizes information. So if you had an experience in childhood where maybe you were humiliated in front of your peers when you, you shared something um, personal uh, with them, if that pain in that moment was intense enough to feel traumatic, and here the way I would define traumatic is in the moment you didn't feel like you had the resources to prevent the pain, then your unconscious mind is going to come to a conclusion. And it might conclude, no one wants to hear my stories. And that becomes a belief then that you live by. Then it'll also come up with a behavior program for you. Because no one wants to hear my stories, my behavior strategy is that I'm going to keep everything to myself. My rule is that I'm not going to share anything unless somebody asks me a direct question. So even though that experience in your childhood is long forgotten in your conscious mind, your unconscious mind is still using that as an example of the kind of pain that it is there to prevent for us. And it's also true that your unconscious mind has no past or, or future. Everything is happening in the now. So if you've ever had an experience where, let's say, somebody... Um, criticized something that you did or said, or maybe wasn't even as um, complimentary as you had hoped it to be. And so you kind of took that as um, a criticism or as a slight. And you can look at that situation that's happening for you today and say, oh, it's not that big of a deal. And yet you have all of these emotions behind it. And you're like, where are all these emotions coming from? This particular instance is not that big of a deal. Well, your unconscious mind is going back to every other time that you felt slighted, that you felt unsafe to speak your truth. And all of the emotions from all of those experiences are still active in you. So that's why sometimes you can feel this overwhelming emotion that is unexpected for the current stimulus. So, so far, we've talked about part one is listening. Part two is discerning. What are those patterns of beliefs, values, and expectations or behavior programs that no longer work for me, that I'm ready to let go of? And which ones do I want to hang on to? Now, the beauty about this is that at this early stage in the, in the process of this practice is that sometimes just looking at these beliefs and seeing them for what they are instead of just operating from them by default, it brings it to the surface. And it brings us to our conscious awareness. And sometimes that conscious awareness is enough to let it go. It's enough to just say, that's not who I want to be anymore. And I can let that rule go. It will actually loosen the grip on some of those core beliefs. And every time we let go of any limiting program, whether that's a belief or an expectation or maybe a behavior pattern, we, it creates a void right? We're letting go of this. What are we going to put in that void? Now we get to fill that with our new empowering beliefs that align with who it is that we are becoming. So at the beginning of this conversation, I asked, what does it take to create a system that is perfectly designed to get the results that you want? 
Well, that is what this whole show, Fully Alive, is all about. And today, or the short answer is that we're going to get to creating a system of beliefs that align with who we want to become. And in order to do this, all we need to start doing is to observe our current system of beliefs and behaviors that we're working with. Because these beliefs are the lens through which we give meaning to our experiences. Again, in other words, this is how we create our experiences. And once we know what our existing beliefs and behavior pro programs are, we can decide which will support our evolution and which will hold us back. Now, the next step in this process is letting go. And that's a big enough topic that we're going to do a whole conversation just on that topic of letting go. But for today, I hope that you feel inspired to start to observe your own inner chatter. Observe it as an th inter interested third party. M maybe imagine putting it up on a TV screen or on a movie screen so you can separate it from yourself so you can actually see what is happening. Don't try to change anything. Just notice what is happening and give yourself loads of grace and compassion in the process. I hope that this conversation is helpful for you to get this practice kickstarted for you. And as always, please join us on the Fully Alive group on Facebook where you can bring our, your questions and they will get answered. Thank you for listening. Are you ready to play and experiment with these ideas so that you too can live your purpose, expand your impact, and create with ease? Join us at Fully Alive on Facebook. We've created this space to explore the effects these practices and principles can have on your own experience. And if you're feeling the nudge to explore what coaching can do for you, send me an email at mary at bluebambooleadership.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, be fully alive.